Things are quiet now. The hustle and bustle of the day are over. You can turn your attention to the things of the day that need your undivided attention. This is Dan Perkins, and this is Dan After Dark. In addition to the Black and White Network, I appear on several other networks as guest hosts or contributors, and this show will bring you some of those appearances. So let's slow down, focus on the important issues. If you go to the homepage, blacksandwhites.us, you can hear my shows on this network. So sit back, take a sip of your favorite beverage, and enjoy the show. I'm Dan Perkins. There's a gentleman coming up next that I said earlier in the last hour I have the utmost respect for. He is an outstanding author and great political analyst, and I say good morning to Florida's own Dan Perkins. Good morning, Dan. How are you? Good morning, Deb. I'm fine. And yourself? I am. <clears throat> I'm great, and I cannot wait to get our discussion opened up this morning. Dan, I don't want to pinpoint exactly where you are if you don't want to, but how far are you from all the turmoil of Mar-a-Lago? Mar-a-Lago's on the east coast in Palm Beach. I'm on the west coast around Fort Myers, so... Three and a half, four hours away. All right. Well, even at that distance, which is minimal compared to where I am out here, I've got to start our conversation off by asking you, what in the world precipitated this kind of heavy-handed action with the DOJ and the FBI? What are your thoughts? I'm deranged with syndrome. They are absolutely fearful. <clears throat> of Donald Trump running against Joe Biden in, uh, in 2024. Uh, but let me tell you um, something that I heard yesterday, and you're the first person on the air since I've heard it. Um, I was speaking to a, 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 what I would call a significant Trump insider who knew all the key players, including the president. And he says that um, he absolutely believes that uh, Mr. Trump will run again. But he learned his lesson. He let, because he wasn't a politician, and he let people in the Republican Party weigh him to pick people for cabinet positions and other positions, which uh, many of them turned over because he didn't he didn't like what they stood for, or what they were doing, but he was, let's say, for lack of a better description, manipulated in the moment. What I'm hearing out of Washington is that Trump is going to run, probably will announce, depending upon what happens with the Mar-a-Lago lawsuit and the court, uh, probably going to announce the day after the midterm elections. But the Donald Trump that we're going to and hear about when he declares his candidacy is going to be different than the Donald Trump we saw in 2016 and 2020. He's going to tell the American people, I'm going to go in and I'm going to clean house. And I'm not just going to clean house at the top. I'm going to go down into the bowels of the deep state and get rid of many of them, as many of them as I can. Because if we don't clean out the deep state, in the bureaucracy of the federal government, no matter what we do, we'll have any law charity. So he's going to be much more aggressive, and he's going to plan to dismember and disassemble the deep state. 
I think your comments uh, coincide. Uh, last uh, Thursday, I know you know this gentleman. I had Dick Morris on my program talking about his new book uh-huh. called The Return. And I think uh, Dick uh-huh. and you uh, absolutely would be side by side in your thinking. However, let me throw this at you, and I'm going to play a little devil's advocacy with you, even though I hope and pray you're right. Uh, do you think that because of all that's happened since 2016, all the way up now to 2022 and moving for the possible uh, jumping back into the fray for 24, that there's been too much Trump Trump and a lot of the voters are burned out and they may be looking for a fresh face, i.e. Ron DeSantis. Take it from there. Well, that's my governor, and uh, I, 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 I admire him. I support him. I, I, I like what he's done in our state, how he stood up to Biden and the Biden administration as it related to COVID and schools and everything else. Um, I, I guess the best way to answer your question is um, Trump comes in, and and uh, the gentleman I was speaking to yesterday just really chastised me for what I was saying. Um, when he, if, if Trump would win, and on January 20th, 2025, when he's inaugurated, he will immediately be a lame duck. Now, if for chance that he would the idea of making DeSantis his vice president, then you're looking at not just a four-year Trump run, but you're looking at a 12-year, potentially 12-year Trump DeSantis run. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that uh, there's a lot of people that really like uh, DeSantis, uh, but I think he's smart enough to figure out um, trying to go against Trump could be a deadly move, but being an ally of Trump and being on the ticket as vice president compared to what we have as a vice president now, uh, I think they, they both are experienced, smart people, and that the combination would, would look for look as a possibility of a 12-year run of Republican leadership in the House. In 12 years, you can do a lot of disassembling of the deep state. Okay, now I'm going to throw a caveat there, Dan, and again, I have the utmost respect for your opinion. Number one, I'm not so sure, and you got to convince me a little bit, that Ron DeSantis, with uh, the new advertising going out with the Top Gov, uh, kind of a play on the Top Gun movie, uh, I'm not so sure that he uh-huh. would take. I'm not so sure that he would take second fiddle as vice president. Do you think he really would? Um, I think. I, I think that he admires Donald Trump, that they are so closely related uh, emotionally and mentally in the philosophy that Mr. Trump has found, um, that um, he would look at it as an opportunity to gain more experience and exposure. And um, unlike Pence, who was a great administrator, but not a very, let's call it, dynamic person. Right. Um, DeSantis is both charismatic 
and at the same time, on the surface, at least in his first term, seems to be a very good administrator and delegates, but watches what's going on. So um, I, I, I don't see I don't see a conflict. I mean, he's young enough; he's got plenty of time. If he chooses for whatever reason not to, or Trump doesn't ask him, um, uh, but whoever whoever gets the, the second seat in a Trump administration would be the likely candidate for the Republican Party for president four years out. Absolutely. So Donald Trump can't run. So um, if I'm DeSantis, I take the shot. I, I, I run with Trump, and if I win... And I conduct myself well, and I've used the four years to position myself as the next president. Um, I, I, I think it's a, it's a great position for him and a great position for Trump. So I, I just think that you look at the dynamic, uh, the dynamic of of, uh, of having DeSantis as the number two in this, in effect, grooming him already for running for president. Four years later, um, I think is a very smart. Of all the potential people that are being talked about, he has, first of all, the Senate has the best reputation. He was the guy who was uh, America's governor. I mean, all, all, this, all the great political things that were happening has happened to him, uh, accrue to him to his benefit as a, as a potential presidential candidate. But I think that uh, he wants Trump to have a chance to finish his term. Okay, now I'm going to back up the bus just for a moment, and then I'm going to go back into the possibles for 2024. When I back this bus up, I want to go back to Mar-a-Lago. And I want to go back, and I want to ask you, and I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist and all this kind of garbage. I'm just telling you the facts as I see them. When the FBI raided Mar-a-Lago, nobody was there, nobody was allowed to be there, and the uh, Trump's attorneys and his private security force were asked to leave, and the FBI and the DOJ went in and rifled through everything, took everything and anything they wanted to. I am concerned that there will be a planting of information or a cleansing of some information, and uh, I think what uh, Donald Trump did last night to try to say that he's going to countersue and sue the DOJ, I think it's too late because the damage might already be done. Well, I wouldn't argue the point with you. I think what he's trying to do is get a special master to take to take possession of all the materials that the FBI, uh, and, well, I should say all the materials that the FBI says they have taken. We don't know for sure that they're going to get, hand over all of what they've taken. But what they said they take, which would be in the warrant, um, <clears throat> and review it and make a determination. Um, one of the things that is the synonymous Deb, with the Biden administration is, uh, and I can't take any credit for it, but but it was such a great analogy. I've used it a dozen times. The Biden administration does not know how to play chess. And what I mean by that is that if you're a chess player, you know that you have to be thinking and planning moves ahead. The Biden administration reacts for the moment and doesn't plan or even consider what the possible outcome might be of what they do. They had no clue 
that the pushback on the raid on Mar-a-Lago would be as dramatic as it was. They miscalculated because they don't know how to plan for the future. They didn't have a plan B. And now they find themselves with the judge who gave them the warrant now telling them they've got until Thursday to produce the evidence and Trump filing a lawsuit against the Justice Department requesting a special master, not with the judge who's who's uh, given the warrant, but the federal district court. So the, the, the Biden administration did not think ahead about how the Trump administration, or for that matter, any administration, would react to the activities of going in and seizing property. And so um, I think they're now, they've got themselves in a huge jam. Because when you start asking questions, what was the the significant importance of taking Roger Stone's pardon? What was the significant reason why they took Donald Trump's two active and one expired passport? Did they really think that he was a flight risk? So there doesn't seem to be a lot of logic to what they took. They just took whatever they wanted, and whether they took clothes out of Melania's closet or whatever they did, the warrant will show more of what was there. My point is that they're they're out of control, and so when you've got a government out of control that doesn't really have a plan, and 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 in reality, Zeb, you and I have talked about this. When Biden took over the very first day, he signed an executive order shutting down the Keystone Pipeline. Nobody in his administration had any idea what the reaction would be to the price of crude oil in the world markets with that singular move. I knew it. I wrote about it, and I'm not the only one. You understand that there's a law of physics that for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction. They don't know how to play in for the opposite. This whole bogus inflation bill, when there's virtually nothing, the Congressional Budget Office, which scored it, so no inflation relief, and and yet uh, that's how they position it. They're trying to gaslight, and I've written about that, they're gaslighting the American people by lying to them and, and misleading them about what's going on, and whether it's Mar-a-Lago or whether it's the, the inflation bill or whatever it is, they, they decide, well, let's go do this, but then they don't take the time or have the gray matter to think about what might the reaction be from the public or from the, for the Republicans. I have a fear, and I want to throw this at you, and I'm down to the last six minutes, and I've got one other topic I want to cover with you. But I have a fear that the situation with Christopher Ray with the FBI and Attorney General Merrick Garland. They are like two great big war frats in New York City. They're backed into a corner right now over this Mar-a-Lago mess, and I don't trust what they will do or what they can do. What are your thoughts? Well, I think it goes back to what I said to you earlier. If Trump gets in, it's not only is he going to take out the, the, the senior people, but it's the people underneath them. You know, for the longest time, I was I was a supporter of the FBI of the rank and file, and when this stuff came out about the, what they did on the on the uh, on, on the dossier and the and the affidavits sent to the court were all falsified, uh, I, I pretty much 
believe that to be the appointed leadership, Comey and, and the rest of them. But when I see what happened with Marilago and, and, and Roger Stone and other people, where a local agent went in armed and uh, broke into the place, brought in safe crackers, the, the local agent were the ones responsible for carrying that out. They got their orders from Garland and Ray, but the local agents, well, I, I, I believe that America in many cases has lost confidence in the rank and file member of the FBI. Okay, I've got just a moment left. Now, a couple of months ago, you and I were visiting, and I stuck my neck out on the chopping block, and I said, I honestly believe that Michelle Obama will run for the presidency in 24. We had a good discussion on this. Just yesterday, I had Joel Gilbert, a man that has not only produced a documentary about her, but also has written a book about her. He is very adamant that she is going to run in 24. 24. Your thoughts? Um, it, 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 it shows the desperation of the Democratic Party <clears throat> trying to figure out what to do with Joe Biden. Um, Michelle Obama <clears throat> is, and uh, I, I want to make sure you understand how I'm saying this, is not the great black hope. These be the, the great white hope. She's not the great black hope. She doesn't have a, a, a resume that would allow her to convince American people in any significant number that she has the credibility and the qualities and any kind of experience at all to be president of the United States. So it's 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 fluff. I understand where you're coming from. <clears throat> it shows a desperation of the Democratic Party. Right. But, Deb, why would she give up what she's attained in terms of wealth and position as the former First Lady? Why would she subject herself to the ridicule of Donald Trump? Because just because she's a black woman doesn't mean that he won't go after her. He That's won't true. Go after her. That's true. And so why does she need that grief? I, I I still don't believe that that's, I believe it's desperation on the part of the Democrats to try and gin up support. Uh, but it, now it appears that uh, that uh, the Democratic Party is behind Joe Biden running again. So <clears throat> with all the close success that he had from a legislative standpoint, they think he's reelectable. Uh, I think they're crazy. Uh, again, they're not thinking about the future. They're just trying to deal with the moment. But no, I don't think Michelle Obama... Um, is is on the uh, on on the block to seriously think about running for president of the United States. I got to tell you, you've got to come. We ran over each other. I'm sorry, Dan. I thought you were finished. I just wanted to say I'm out of time, but I've got to have you back more often. Your political uh, analyst attitude and everything you talk about, first class. Dan Perkins out of Florida, author. What an author. I mean, I've read his works, and he is outstanding. Thank you, Dan, for being on the program, and I'll call you real quick in the next week or so and have you back. Anytime. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. God bless you. Thank you very much. Dan Perkins down in Florida. I love to hear his uh, analyzing what might or what might not happen in politics.